Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 162, episode one of The Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into American shared consciousness, and it's Monday, November 30th, 2020, 50 some odd days until January 20th, 2021. My name is Jack O'Brien, aka Woke Up This Morning. My last name was O'Brien. Uh, that is courtesy of uh, the Pod Yourself a Gun podcast. Now that song is stuck in my head. I just did the Pod Yourself a Gun oh, podcast that with Matt Lee. Is it out? Uh, I think it's out this week. Uh, will be out by the time that this episode that uh, people are listening to right now drops. Uh, but very fortunate to do the Pine Barrens episode of Sopranos, my favorite episode, the only episode too. that I knew the knew the title of, uh, and it was a blast. People should check it out. Pod yourself a gun. Hey, but who's that that I'm talking to? Uh, I'm thrilled to be joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. It's Miles Gray, and don't miss out on the savings on this Cyber Mungray. So hey. much, you know what I mean? Uh, or saving whatever the fuck is going on uh i just thought of that right now so shout out to myself uh yes. thank you shout thank you miles you're welcome yeah shout out to tonight. consumer capitalism creating this wonderful holiday for all of us to enjoy it's, it's so unsettling because you don't know you know as some look I, I, I'll, I'll i'm gonna admit it i like a deal you know I'll be the first to admit it. I like to I'm see glad a you're good willing deal. to admit that. I know. A lot of people don't know this about me. I love this. I love the savings. But mm. when you start having Cyber Mondays and Black Fridays and all this other shit, I'm put in paralysis because I'm like, well, when's the when is the actual deal? Like, what is happening? Yeah. So yeah. I said, fuck it. I just bought a bathrobe and I'm good. Mm. Uh, Miles, before we. Uh introduce our guests let's yes, tell the yes. listeners a couple of things we're talking about uh we're gonna look at uh the evil shit that trump is just ramming through on his way out we're gonna talk about fleets uh we're gonna talk about shook dems we're gonna talk about mm-hmm. contemporary christian art uh and why it's so bad all the time and i'm i'm using the words of christian websites to determine that it's bad they're like <laughs> why is our art bad uh, we'll talk about Gerard and Ivanka. I don't know why I call Gerard. Him Gerard. Wow, Gerard I Kushner. <laughs> I think that's what he should do to try and rebrand Gerard Kushner. Oh my god! Uh, we're going to talk about Clifford the Big Red Dog, uh, all of that, and plenty more. But first, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by the hilarious, the talented Veronica Kwiatkowski. Hello. Hey. How are Hello. You? I'm doing well. Doing yeah. Well. You you just shared some news with us? Yeah, you that, guys. I mean, I'm doing well, but I do currently have COVID. This is a first for our... Yeah. Uh, can we get an air horn there? It's not yeah. a hoax. Yeah, um, yeah. It's not a hoax. Yeah. It's real. Okay, so we can verify now for anyone we who finally can. Mm-hmm. family members who are like, it's not real, play this episode and be like, yeah. this comedian has it. So what now, mom what or now? dad or uncle exactly. or aunt or whoever, whomever you're having an argument with? <laughs> Oh and, man! If, and you, you are okay? at a crowded Thanksgiving uh, table right now. I noticed. Uh, you're yeah, there's just my friends by relatives. Right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's yeah. so a respectful. bunch of old people in my living room, and being very <laughs> quiet. Like I'm recording yeah. a podcast. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Only plastic utensils and paper plates, so it doesn't make sounds. Uh, but you're doing okay physically. Like I know it's uh, it's tough to be, to be ill. So yes, I am okay. Uh, I'm thankfully that I have 
but very thankful that I have a very mild case. I think I have a little bit of COVID brain, so hopefully I like put sentences together. But yeah, kind of just like tired and I can't smell um, or taste anything. And then it's it's weird because it's I it's very much in my sinuses only, which I didn't know was necessarily yeah. Like a, it feels a like a it's symptom, so different but, for people. Yeah, yeah, it's so different. But the taste and smell thing really seems to be like consistent. Like yeah, that and it's the- it's gnarly. Like it's weird. Yeah. Okay. Now that you're, you can indulge all my curiosity. I mean, I have yeah. um, a few of my friends also uh, had COVID and was, said the same thing. But are we talking? You're full blown. Your taste buds are just on mute. Nothing. Like I can eat an onion right now, and it's not like just nothing. I drank this morning. I drank orange juice after brushing my teeth. Didn't even notice. Didn't even like, notice. Yeah. You're just doing all the things that taste bad. To <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. Like I can do anything. Exactly. Eating cigarettes for yeah. no reason. I had a dark chocolate no. bar and then a bunch of passion fruit juice. Just all acidic. <laughs> Wait, oh, is that man. a bad a bad combo? I, no, I'm just saying like whenever I have chocolate and then I ever want to sip something after, if it's not like water, it's always a fucking mess. Like yeah, whatever it true. is, like it's like a soda, like ah, like no, juice, <laughs> no. I mean, yeah. pa- although passion fruit and chocolate do go together very well, it's just something about when you have like sweet dairy flavor in your mouth and then the citric acid, I don't know what yeah. it is. Yeah. It's not it. What have you been eating to somewhat, is there like get over the monotony of it all? Oh man, I mean, I can t- I can sense like spices. So I ordered some Indian food last night, and I got like extra hot. I was just like, I need to feel something. Um, <laughs> so like yeah. spicy foods. Like I've been having a lot of loaded baked potato soup for like the Ooh. I guess the mm. texture. Um, yeah, I've. It's just so funny. I'm realizing like how much of what I eat is for pure pleasure and like not to fuel my body. And like the other day, I noticed <laughs> I had like some brie cheese, and I was like, oh, maybe I'll make cheese and crackers. And then I was like. What's the point, bitch? (laughs) (laughs) It's not going to do anything for you. It's not going to taste like anything. So, yeah. Right. Like, I think the default is to assume that you would just eat healthy because you can't taste anything. But, Uh like, the... Like the guy from Ben and Jerry's, like the he came up with the uh, idea of like putting just chocolate and all sorts of like caramel and all that stuff into ice cream because he didn't have a sense of taste. So, it's like there's something. Yeah. He did. He what? Yeah, one of uh, either Ben or Jerry does not have wow. a sense of taste, wow. and so that's why and clearly based like, on the texture packaging. is a bigger <laughs> yeah, but texture is a big like that. That's why they added all that stuff was so that they wow. could get some texture. Damn! Shout out to either of you, sir. <laughs> all right, Veronica, let's get to something from your search history uh, that's revealing about who you are, what you're up to. Well, I think everything I'm going to have for you is probably related to my COVID, but uh, I Googled the other day. I was like, can you have NyQuil every night for two weeks straight? I was wondering. Oh, man. Um, uh, I can attest to the fact that I, you can do it for two years straight. Really? Uh, okay. Yeah, everything yeah. I was reading said that you it was like, watch out. You could get addicted. I'm like, yeah, but. Well, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that does happen. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Wait, what are we talking about? You can do anything. How yeah. It, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you having trouble sleeping? I mean, a little oh, bit, yeah. It is. You, I mean, you make cool and it's like, nah, man, I do it during the day. It's I'm just, just tripping. I'm on it right now, yeah. Yeah, full, like, <laughs> fuck that. I call it COVID brain, but you know, I'm just I'm off that lean. Yeah. Uh, okay. I've been searching that, and then I've also been looking up just literally every member of the royal family, because I just started watching The Crown, so I'm like, wait, who's this person? And then I keep getting mad that it's like the show's getting spoiled for me, and then I'm like, wait, duh, this because this like is real. <laughs> like, right, right, right. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How, do you ever try, I remember I've done that in other movies where like, you know there's like a full-blown Wikipedia article about the thing a movie or show is about. Uh-huh. And like I'll blur my eyes to try and be like, 
don't want to know. Oh God, I think I see yeah. death and yeah. life dates for that person. I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. Just click. Very, I don't know. I've I've done the same thing when really I should just be like, it's history. You it's right. Know. I'm like, but, I actually should yeah. have known this already, and I didn't. So yeah. Well, what are you gonna do? Is yeah. is uh, are you liking the show? I am liking it. It's really fun. It's just uh, British people being British, um, mm. and it's a good watch. It's like again. you know. It's interesting to see. There was like a whole episode about the fog of like 1954. I'm getting the date wrong probably, which I didn't know anything about. So I'm learning. Me either. And I won't yeah, look at like the Wikipedia a... page about it because I don't want spoilers. Exactly. So yeah, it's a good show. I, I recommend for sure. That was a year long fog? It was uh, for four weeks in I think like December. And yeah, this just fog smog thing came into London and it had something to do, and this shows how much I was not really paying attention during the show, but it had something to do with like the coal production plants that were like in the city that uh. just weren't being regulated properly. And a bunch of people died like from not only like lung issues, but also just like you couldn't see when you were crossing the street. So right. oh, spoil, but someone does get hit by a car in the episode. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But yeah, it was gnarly. I had no idea that that was a thing. And it's kind of weird too, because in the episode, everyone's like wearing masks and on like an iron lung. And I was like, oh man, this is too soon yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> right right, right. Too soon, too soon. <laughs> the um yeah that that's actually something that they say happens with uh daylight savings time bringing it back to my pet subject uh oh. but they <laughs> uh w- when it gets dark earlier like all the uh pedestrians getting hit by cars like shoots up so visibility wow. guys yeah. don't underestimate it as a health hazard <laughs> and it is it's the darkest a daylight savings period has ever been I think according also. to mm-hmm. my uh, weird conspiracy, Veronica, weigh in on this. What do you think <laughs> since daylight savings came in? Has it felt more aggressive? Yes, I fucking hate it. And it's like at the end of the day, all I want to do is go for a walk. And now I'm like, well, it's dark outside. And is that safe? Three. I don't know. <laughs> right. It's just it's like we're just taking L after L. Could we at least yeah. keep the sunlight? Thank I really you. Ugh, I really hate Thank it. Thank you. Uh, what is something you think is overrated? OK. The Bachelor. Hear me <gasps> out. Hear me out. Well, Go I on. like that show. I just feel like there are so many better dating reality shows that just get overshadowed. And I just don't think I The see. Bachelor is the best one. I'm sorry. Mm. Okay, give I us think- a better one. Married at First Sight, 90 Day Fiance, Love is Blind, Love Island. Bo, bo, I mean, the bo, list bo, goes bo, on. Bo, exactly. Bo, 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 you get bo, bo. it. <laughs> yes. I mean, The Bachelor, I just got into The Bachelor. Uh, because super producer Anna Hosnier does Will You Accept This Rose with Arden Marine and I went on but like I'd never seen it and they're like that's yeah. great watch like one of these goat ep- like when they're doing season long recap episodes uh-huh. and I got to see like oh yeah when you start watching it there is this fun to it because it's just such a mess but that mm-hmm. I feel like The Bachelor isn't really like a reality like dating or like reality romance show it's a game show that's just yeah. a mess and is full of drama so like you the, like the real dynamics of relationships, I don't think are as present like the shows you're talking about. Yeah. The married at first sights in the 90 yeah. days because people know how to game the bachelor slash bachelorette or like they know what the sequence can be when you go far in the show. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I Yeah. Then maybe I need to like reframe the way I look at it and think of it more as like a game show, because I guess like I am just like so into those other like dating shows. And then I feel like The Bachelor, like it almost like cheapens it because I mean, they're all fucking fake and scripted. I get that. But uh, in The Bachelor, I'm like, they're not really there for love. They just want to be right. Insta famous. And, right. right. Yeah. And then you're just like, OK, who's going to be the best at tricking each other? Like uh-huh. that's when I started getting the, okay. the fun out of that. But yeah, Married I'll at First Sight chance. is fun. I, I love 90 Day Fiance, but I'm also recapping Married at First Sight on like on days when there isn't 90 Day to talk about. 
And there is something to watching people who don't know anything about each other be like, all right, y'all are married. And that has like more satisfying like reality elements of like navigating a relationship. What is the premise there? Why why are they being married before? Because they're ready for love. That's the show. So they're ready for love. Is there like a matchmaking process yeah. that plays oh, yeah. into it oh okay oh, yeah. is there a matchmaking Cal, process Pastor dr pepper schwartz oh, okay dr. Pepper. love Ooh. dr pepper schwartz um yeah they just basically take these people they all have the same sort of like you know it's all some version of you know i just i can't i can't figure it out so i just i guess i'll just leave it up to these experts and try this experiment out and some what's fun about that show is sometimes like they really nail it and mm-hmm. you're like oh right. my god this is a fucking couple and they they so just saw it for what it was and matched these people up. Other times you think it's going to work and you're like, this. these people were probably both lying when they were like talking to the Filling matchmakers. The mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, then they come into it and like reveal all these other things. You're like, oh, fuck, no. Oh, no, this is going to work. <laughs> is there like, so there's a scientific process? Is it like the, what's that dating app that swears that like they have? Like, eHarmony a, or whatever? Yeah. That's contentious. Yeah. There's two, I remember I talked, there's two, it's two, it's a guy from UCLA who's a, a sociologist and his colleague at UCLA talks shit about him. Who's like, I don't think that works. And he's like, oh, and I oh, told really? him, he was t- yeah, like it, it's a little contentious in that UCLA department. Cause one of like, they're like, mm, you shouldn't have done that. Like you shouldn't tell people you figured it out. Cause we know as people who study this, it's not like cut and dry science like that. Right. Anyway. But is he involved in Married at First Sight or? No, no, no. They're just there's a guy named Dr. Pepper who's like you, you a lady, guys are gonna, Dr. A lady. Pepper Schwartz. OK, yeah, and Sorry. Cal and then like this other sex therapist who's new because one of the, the last ones like, you know, like ran away with a former contestant. She did. Oh, word. yeah. One of the therapists. Yeah. Like there's that new like yeah, on season they nine. That. They they switched up because the previous one who was like the counselor therapist, like yeah. she was she was like con- like counseling a couple from the show that was together. And she's like, uh-huh. Being like, yeah, it seems like this isn't working out. Like, oh, like there's a lot of mistreatment, miscommunication issues, and then she ended up with the dude. Um, But they they were they were a fucked couple anyway. Like it wasn't like she wasn't doing anything. Like they're legitimately a good couple now, and they're still together. Oh wow. Um, yeah. I mean, that would be tough if you were like an a relationship expert, and like that that could be a really good rom com where they're putting the people through the paces of like whatever their method is. And then they realize that that person is actually the perfect match for them. Oh my God. I mean, isn't that, that has right to now. be, isn't that a, who that's gotta be a movie, right? It's Did that ever be. happen in like hitch or like a movie like that? Like there's, cause there are match. I feel like that's a good matchmaking right. plot. That's how Will like, Smith ends up with Kevin James at the end of oh, Hitch, right? Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. The right. extended um, release cut. Yeah. <laughs> what is something you think is underrated, Veronica? I got to go with sense of taste. I did not realize how nice it is <laughs> to be go. able to taste your food. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not over it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's really nice. You guys enjoy that meal you're having today. Uh, yeah. And do they have, is there like an ETA of when it arrives back in your mouth? The a lot of, of people, taste? like I've heard anecdotally and on it online that it's like, you know, some people say like a week or two. So I have in my calendar for the two week mark to start freaking out. Um, but for now, I'm just going to. You know, try not to yeah. get too spooked because then I've heard some cases where they haven't had it for months, and I'm like, oh, honey, that will not be good. Um, yeah. yeah, but yeah, I'll hold hey. out for a couple more weeks. But yeah, it's it's just real weird, and also not having a yeah. sense of smell. Like I um, I guess they you know they go hand in hand. But even this morning, my girlfriend was like, hey, uh, no offense, but 
have you put on deodorant today? And I was like, no, like what? And she's like, well, like, fuck can you. you? <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so I guess I smell, oh, but man. yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, I already, that, that problem already exists for some of us <laughs> yeah, where we I'm think our own stench is completely smell blind to wonderful. my own body. Yeah, yeah, fair. I'm like, what? Well, and then I'm like, there. I'm just like, damn, that smells good. Yeah, Her Majesty's like, yo, what are you doing, fool? Like, my shoulder stinks because you were spooning me with no shirt on. <laughs> and I was like, oh, for real. I was like, I was like oh, yeah, 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 my bad, Woo! my bad, my bad. But um, the, oh, so I know, obviously, it's very disorienting to have one of your senses just sort of completely dulled slash taken yeah. away. I'll have to ask, has it heightened any of your other senses? Mm, not that I've noticed. Okay, mm. but that might just be because I have general like brain fog right now. So I'm like, what yeah, year yeah. is it? Um, right. But yeah, it has. Thank you again for coming on the show. No yeah, I know. Don't come on, please. Okay, yeah. I just wanted. I don't want to be able to think like, God damn, like, no. they forced her on. Like even when she had COVID. No. Yeah. No, I'm I'm truly fine. It's just, uh, yeah. I think yeah, I'm on I the on the downhill as well. I think that I have like five more days until I'm technically yeah. right. free. We'll we'll check back in. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And we I'll are recording a, this in the same uh, room. So yes, yeah. very small a bouquet, room. Uh, yeah. a bouquet yeah. of dried herbs to celebrate, <laughs> so you go. can just oh, waft yes. it into your face. Yeah, we yeah, just yeah. smell it all. Well, let's talk real quickly about the things that Donald Trump is trying to uh, get done before he leaves office. Uh, you you already mentioned uh, one of the dangers deregulation can pose, uh, and that is that a deadly fog will settle over uh, <laughs> the biggest city in the world for four weeks and just start suffocating people. But it's one of those things where he's like just killing all these things that we take for granted. Like, for instance, uh, a regulation around how fast uh, chicken factories process chickens. Like, as they're going across a uh, conveyor belt, they're like, no, we can like up that speed past the uh, limit that we've held the chicken industry to for years. And people have pointed out that when they did a study on how this would affect things, all of a sudden, like all the dirty, tainted chicken that used to be cleared out of the supply line like was no longer getting cleared out. They were like, huh, there's 30% less uh, like problematic chicken getting cleared to the side and i'm guessing it's not because the chicken suddenly like no longer had salmonella all over it um wow yeah that's one of the things to just keep in mind is that donald trump is trying to poison you uh another proposal being pushed through uh and we should stop calling it deregulation because that just sounds i don't know they've made it so that that's no longer like a as evil as it sounds, we should just call it something yeah, else. Yeah, it's called making it unsafe as fuck for people. Right. <laughs> just poisoning. Just active yeah. poisoning for profit. Um, called, another it's called pro- only benefits the business owner. Yeah. Well, wouldn't you think that like the cost of eventually having to, I'm assuming, recall all of that and pay out all those lawsuits from everyone that's going to die from this cost them more? Or do they just not give a shit? No, they don't. They actually do those calculations. Oh, they do? And, okay. Yeah. Like there's, uh, there's a book, I think it's called the corporation that like is about how corporations, you know, because in America corporations can be seen as like legal, legally they are people. And so it's Mm. like, 
So if these corporations were people, how like what kind of people would they be? And over and over again, it's that they are uh, somewhere between sociopaths and psychopaths because yep. they will do the calculation of like, okay, this is going to kill 300 people. Like if we don't put this safety feature into the car or if we, uh, you know, don't flag the fact that the safety feature has stopped working. So it's going to kill 300 people, but on average, their class action lawsuits are going to cost us X amount of money, and therefore we're going to... It's still know, profitable to do it. Yeah, Jesus. still profitable yeah. overall, and that's what they care about. Uh, um, but want to move who, to another planet. I know. Yeah, but, I'll go with Or you. another country that doesn't yeah. have just <laughs> uncontrolled, unregulated God. capitalism. Uh, another proposal being pushed through is bringing back firing squads for federal executions. Uh, they're just like <laughs> executing people on the way out. like They're what? pushing through all these federal... Uh, executions uh, that were backlogged to try and make sure they kill as many people as they can uh, before they leave office. But yeah, you know, capital punishment already inhumane, torturous, uh, should be banned. But they're like, nah, let's move it in the opposite direction and take it as regressive as we possibly can. Yeah. Well, oh, I'm surprised they're not doing like hangings and shit. Stoning. Like, yeah. What the fuck? Right. Yeah. Because yeah. it seems so. It's just so clear, right? Like he's. Uh, it's clear that the president has accepted that the shit's over. Uh, right. So now it's mm-hmm. like, let me f- let me just burn the fucking thing down as much as possible mm-hmm. on the way. Yeah. Because that's all it is. It's all intentional to be like, just so then Biden has to step into a burning building, and then Trump can be like, oh my god, did you see what he did? He set the house on fire. Can you yeah. believe it? Look at all the chicken and blah blah. blah. It's like, oh my god, this is. Jeez. It's like it's like a fucking script we see constantly. Yeah. I mean, and this is all uh domestic stuff. We there's all sorts of rumors of what's going to happen uh internationally happening right now that we're recording this uh in the past, so we don't know if uh there has been an invasion or an attack on Iran, but uh that's something that's being rumored internationally. Uh, but back stateside, uh, the EPA is on the cusp of cementing rules to lock in soot levels for at least five years, uh, despite the objections of um, something called scientific experts. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, what? Uh, can you explain that? <laughs> yeah. I don't quite understand. I don't know. I, uh, it sounds like some hogwash to me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're just going to try and make it as difficult as possible to regulate the environment at a time when that is the worst thing that you could possibly do for the human race. Oof. I mean, people have talked there, there was the uh, therapist who diagnosed him as being a sociopath. And, you know, one of the things she pointed to was that he really seems to revel in seeing like inflicting suffering on people. Like that seems to mm-hmm. actually be something that drives him. It's not, this isn't things that are happening by accident. These are things that are happening because right. he likes to see people suffer. Is that Bandy Lee? Yeah. Who's saying that? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think he probably also gets off on knowing that like this is what will be in the history books, you know? Like he's like, oh, I'll be remembered for all of this. And he likes yeah. it. He's fucking crazy. Yeah. Or he's in that, in that way <laughs> where it's like he. Yeah, no matter what, infamy or, you know, mm-hmm. love or whatever, it's like it, it doesn't even register the difference. Right. It's right. like, no, my name is coming out of people's mouths. I win. 
Mm-hmm. All publicity no is good publicity, even if it's going down in history as a but fucking it's so monster. Weird, but then he's so thin-skinned, you know, oh, about yeah. all this yeah, other totally. shit. It's such a contradictory, fucked up, you know, yeah. person. We're at the fuck. We're yeah. just at waiting to be like, pl- don't fuck this up for the whole earth because yeah. we've somehow allowed like one person to, you know, if they want to, completely fuck up the whole earth. Like if you want to, be like, fuck it. You know, just just have it rain nukes. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I don't want to go to jail. Like nobody's gonna go. Like who knows? You know, it's just really alarming. In case there was any doubt that these policies are sprouting directly from Trump's brain, the Department of Energy is racing to loosen the efficiency standards for showers and washing machines, which. Uh, is uh-huh. like a thing he specifically <laughs> was saying. That's like one of his bits from rallies about, uh, <laughs> do you ever get under a shower and no water comes out? And yeah. me, I want that hair to be so beautiful. Oh, uh, th- sure. That's a direct quote <laughs> from one of his rallies. Uh, so and they, no water comes out. Yeah. I don't think that's a, a, a Department of Energy efficiency <laughs> standard if you turn on your shower and no water comes out. I but think my, my man God. just doesn't know how to use a shower. I mean, I yeah. went past him. It's like I shower on. Standing on her, uh, damn it. Shower. That's a that's a lamp. Uh, I mean, is he gonna shower? Are on. we gonna hear something about windows? Because that was another thing he was loving to talk about in the during the campaign was about how tiny the windows are gonna be if if socialism takes over. And they're yeah. like these tiny windows. Like, are are there now? Is there a new a gigantic standard for windows? I ha- he hasn't been able to force that one through. Ah. Damn. Uh, okay. He will make it so that our washing machines and our uh, showers lead to higher consumption and waste. So shout out to the Trump administration. I wonder how that's going to work, right? Because like, I get you can do that. But like, when you're, you're, a business has been so used to making a product one way, are they going to be like, oh, thank God, we can start making these like less efficient machines? I mean, just specifically in this washing machine shower instance. Like... Are they really? Are they dying for this thing to be changed? Because uh, I have Probably. a feeling that that begins to be like, oh, great, we can now using this cheaper stuff or whatever. I don't know. I'm just curious if you know, because I don't think people are going to be clamoring yeah. that they're. Sh- I don't know what the consumer side of it is. Uh, I, I guess the only thing is that they're probably saying it's cheaper for us to make them super wasteful, and then we can make more right. money and charge yeah. the same amount. And Trump just needs to tweet, you know, low water pressure will make you gay and a damn liberal. And then everyone will be like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone goes out to like their main, like, uh, like his water line to the city. And they're like, just fucking taking the regulator off. They're like, no, I need this shit coming out. Like fucking Uh, who knows what. Yeah. Um, All right. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. Uh, And ever since uh, they introduced fleets a week and a half ago, I've been actively avoiding uh, paying attention to them, Mm. what, what, uh, how they're being implemented. But uh, Miles, you're saying that they're fucked misinformation spreaders. I mean, like, yeah, you know, Twitter's already a cesspit when it comes to this kind of nonsense. Um, and if you like, you know, interested cybersecurity people, journalists were tinkering around and 
they were saying like they were able to do shit like you know putting banned urls or videos and things that are normally if you put on them on main or on the timeline on regular twitter that shit would get fucking Im- just be like flagged gone whatever um and so but on fleets they were like i was able to do this shit undisturbed the shit was up for 24 hours it's gone and that's great uh, if that's what your aim is and they were sort of pointing to the fact that if your whole thing is about misinformation these fleets are like really 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 hard to fucking deal with uh because normally you know a lot of the people who are doing debunking on twitter like it's easy to go through someone's tweets their text they're right there i can well i can fucking you know screen grab whatever and debunk it from there this shit it's gone after 24 hours so i don't like they don't know people don't know where the conversation is at on like accounts that are spreading misinformation and the other thing is it allows like followers of the account to just iterate on top of it and amplify it like they would a retweet. Not that that's a feature of it, but that behavior is more seen on Twitter than it is on Instagram. So they're saying like bringing this kind of thing to the Twitter Twitter sphere is just causing it's. They see the potential because right now I think people are just kind of like tinkering around with it. But just in the same way that we saw how like closed Facebook groups and like IG stories were getting people all kinds of hyped up in the Pacific Northwest during the uprisings, if you remember, because they were like, Antifa is coming to burn our fucking village down. And people were like, you know, pulling up with ARs and shit because of this, you know, right. uh, bullshit they heard on Facebook. Doing like checks, checkpoints with uh, where they were checking arm uh, cars for, uh, right. for Antifa with guns, like pointed at people. Yeah. And so they're saying now with this, you're looking at the same issue coming out. Um, but... Uh, in a different environment where people are even more into spreading misinformation as well. And there was another, uh, someone, this uh, guy who wrote this book called Like War, which is a just about how social media has been weaponized in politics, like very specifically is what this guy's book is about. Uh, he was saying that they were they had been testing this in March in Brazil, like on Brazilian Twitter at first. And he was now just pointing out about Twitter, quote, so much of their system in actuality relies not on their own AI and content moderators, but on fellow users and researchers to flag violators. With fleets, researchers won't be able to see and track as much. So they're saying, like, the fleets could be the new, you know, playground for all this stuff. Why? Like, what is the idea behind this? Because they're already having to more closely regulate like the shit that people are posting on their platform. Why would they think that it's a good idea to create a lane where there's less accountability? Well, cause they're not looking at it like that. You know, they're looking at it as like, this is a feature we need to introduce to get more engagement. You know, it's not, right. it's always after the fact because now, you know, there it's, you're now just creating it. Like you're saying another lane for people to put, extremist content up at a rate that's worse than on Twitter when at least that's out in the open. You can search on Twitter certain shit and it'll bring you the tweets. Fleets is completely it's like you got to know where to go now. Um right. and that's and I think that's the biggest concern in terms of misinformation. Do you guys have fleets? Do you have access to fleets? Everyone does. <laughs> I do. That's interesting. I, you know, hadn't even like thought about this implication of it. I was just like, "Oh, is this like another place where like get to put photos of our tits like what's going on and then that was i feel like also around when instagram did that update which makes it like total trash now so i just was like oh they're trying to compete with instagram but this is horrifying and makes me not want to use it yeah 
It's and I think who it's a different audience again too. Like yeah. Instagram, you know, you can post something personal and like people aren't you know, suddenly people are jumping in to be like, "What the fuck is that?" Uh-huh. Twitter is different. Like if people come across your fleets or something, it's not the same audience as your Instagram or people who don't know your account. All kinds of uh, interactions can occur there. But yeah, like if I don't see anyone using it that interestingly because it's just. I think the conversation started off as like, okay, Twitter, nice try. Like you're not Instagram or fucking Snapchat anymore. Mm -hmm. But that's why now I think cybersecurity people are like, I know the first take on this was like, ha, ha, ha. But they're like, we also really need to keep an eye on this because Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, if you've ever played the Super Nintendo game F-Zero, there are like little strips that will launch your car even faster. It's like what this does for misinformation because it's just like accelerating it. There's no accountability. There's no guardrails. So, they're saying buckle Is there up. even a way to flag a fleet? I'm sure there is. Yeah, probably. Maybe but, screen you know, cap it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, but I think Some in terms of yeah, it's just it's it's a completely different Oof. process, and you know, it's the, the normal journalists and other misinformation sort of debunker people who are kind of out there yeah. getting ahead of stuff are like, dude, I don't know how to find people's fleets. Like, especially if mm-hmm. there's these closed groups or people know like it has a, some weird esoteric handle, but they just check the fleets. Like what that what's going on there? So yeah, it's evolving. Well, uh, whenever they roll that out to everybody, that's going to be really dangerous. <laughs> Very worried for. Yeah, um, you wouldn't even notice it because it it's so. Even if you opened your app now, like it, I forget. Yeah, I that use Twitter there every day, and I don't even didn't even notice really. Uh, like you don't have like those like circles at the top tranches, like uh, Instagram. Oh, Polly. Yeah, I don't think I do. Yeah. Yeah, Paula um, well, yeah, hey. in there. Yeah, check out her fleets. I, mean, I don't know what she's fleeting. Oh, they're no. great. She's she's saying to stop the steal. <laughs> oh boy, Paula. Um. <laughs> have you guys used it in a way that like you found useful, or have you used it at all? I can. I barely use stories usefully. Yeah. yeah, I've put up like just like when I've tweeted something, I've then put it to my fleet, and really all it's gotten me is just creepy guys being like, "Can I buy a photo of your feet?" And I'm like. You can, yeah. yes, but I didn't know this was, you know, <laughs> your way uh, in. Uh, you can, but say with your chest. Put it <laughs> right. on Twitter, not, yeah. not on Flint. Uh, At it, me, yeah. you coward. <laughs> <laughs> I am curious how long it will last outside of, like, disinformation spreading, because it seems like most people, at least in my circle, are kind of like, yeah, okay, that's, that's cool for a day. Yeah, yeah, and those are the tools that other people, like, end mm-hmm. up, like, really loving. You know, right. it's just like the... Facebook, like people, younger people, are like, all right, I'm, I'm kind of sick of seeing like what my old classmates are up to, and then other people, are like, no, but it's the best place to like just talk unchained shit mm-hmm. about anything. Yeah. It's the best place to find out about the steel. Organized. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was just reading a thing about the CIA, like how the CIA helped the Jakarta like takeover of where uh, in Indonesia they were just like killing. Anybody who had non like super right wing beliefs and one of the things they did was just make it possible for the military like dictatorship to communicate with each other like across big swaths of like that's such an important thing to like have immediate communication and like that's basically how they aided in the overthrow. So like the fact that now everyone has that and it's completely uh you know, disposable and goes away after a second. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It just underlines again, what 
Democrats need to do if they're willing to actually, you know, do something that's a good for the country is to yeah. fucking start kicking these social media platforms in the fucking teeth yeah. and being like, yo, you need to clean this shit the fuck up. Like it's not yeah. if we really need to get a hold of someone real quickly, like we have ways to do that. And like Twitter is useful to a point, but they need to figure out what that point is and then really, you know, handle this 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 shit. Um, well, speaking of Democrats, what, where, where are, are they? Like, what are they doing? Other, I mean, I know Biden is like announcing a bunch of, uh, like, uh, dream team of, the, of Obama, uh, officials for his cabinet, but right. what, uh, what, and I say that not seriously, I don't think it's a dream team, but, um, <laughs> what, what is the rest of the democratic party up to as the president like continues to have. I mean, let's just walk over to the Rayburn building on Capitol Hill and knock on just the Democratic leadership boards. And let's see. Hold on. What do we hear? Huh? Hmm. Uh Uh-oh. That's not good. Oh, God. They're shook. They're shook ones over there on the Democratic side of the hill. I don't know what to say about this, y'all. I had to just talk about this because there's I can't handle this shit. I was reading this article in the New Republic just talking about, like, the Dems are already, like, caving. Like in ways that we're not really seeing up front, but they pointed out that uh, Manu Raju on CNN uh, said, like talking about like where have they where have they been during all of this soft coup, like white collar coup shit that's been going on? Like they've just been like just sitting on their hands and like not really be like firing up opposition outrage uh, as you know leaders of the party. This is what Raju said. Quote, Democrats are trying to avoid turning Trump's refusal to accept the election results into a partisan fight, believing Trump will be in an untenable position if more Republicans join their calls to let the transition officially begin as the president's legal case continues to collapse and states begin certifying the election results. Moreover, seeking to enforce subpoenas to administration officials who play a key role in the transition process could take weeks to play out if the White House fights them, potentially going beyond January 20th when Biden will be sworn into office. So their whole plan was this is like, well, let's not like put up too much of a fight. So then they don't put up too much of a fight, but we'll let them continue to break everything apart and smash it to bits because we don't want to make this look like a partisan fight. It it couldn't be more partisan than this. Uh, So I'm again, I'm like, wow, they've uh, they're underlining the fact that they don't want any kind of smoke ever they just they have we have one party in this country that is so into their agenda that they will literally kill americans to get it done and another party that is so obsessed with appearing nice that they actually do fuck all and you're like what how what is is this leadership what is this what are you are you an are you in opposition or are you just being like, no, like it'll just be so bad. He'll have to do the right thing. And we shouldn't be communicating to people outwardly as well that this is something fucked up and they're, he's doing active damage to, you know, this entire system we have. We need Pelosi the fuck out of there. <laughs> like this is so infuriating. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're just like addicted to triangulation and being like, okay, well, so they're doing that. So we're going to like be over here. Like slightly to the left of them, and oh, they're just, gonna mess each other up. <laughs> they completely allow the Republicans to dictate the agenda and dictate like everything. How could it possibly be a bad thing to like call attention and to politicize something 
where they're just the Republicans are just standing by letting Trump try to overthrow democracy in the country. Yeah. Like that's an unwinnable argument. And and I well, because they're saying I think the logic is that if they start coming out being like you need to do this, then that gives him Twitter a- ammo to start being like you see what they're doing, you see what's going on, blah blah blah. blah. But it's like he's gonna do that to he'll find someone to blame no matter what. So why not be like, yeah, fuck it. I'll take that fight and we can have it out right here. And I'll, con- I'll keep clapping back rather than being like, I don't know, let the courts do it. And, and, and they can get like the, the brunt of the attention. And uh, it's just you don't want the energy of someone who's supposed to be on your side in uh, the fight for your life to have big uh, energy. You right. need the you need people to be like they're like doing fucking pull ups on streetlights and shit. Be like, what? They say what? <laughs> Who? Get them over here. Like that's what the fuck you need because they are they are hell bent on doing as much destruction as possible. I think it's fair to like fight fire with fire when the stakes are this high, you know, and it's like Absolutely. they don't ever do that. And you're like, "All right." Right. They I mean, fight you can fire only... with uh fire safety lessons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, you can on fire safety. Democrats are going to turn the other cheek to the point that their neck is going to snap off and their head is going to fall off because they're like, oh, just I'll just nope, doesn't we'll we'll take that and we'll take that and we'll take that because at least we're not the people doing that. We're just right. the people not standing up for the the people who are actually the victims of this nonsense because mm-hmm. they're not. And I think it's easier for them to take this strategy when none of the negative ramifications dire- directly affect them. And it's it's just fucking weird to see like. Over the last four years, truly, and this point, this is pointed out in this uh, New Republic article, activists on Twitter have basically been outsmarting the Republicans more than these decrepit monkey skeletons that we have in Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi. Like, mm-hmm. how are these, you know, uh, Twitter accounts who are even being like, well, fuck it, if they don't do it, why don't we go after people who fund or give money to or outfit their events and put pressure on them to disengage from them? And they do. And that's caused the the party problems as well. So it's weird to see more of this, like the people, like people who are actually out here are doing a better job, you know, taking on the Republicans than the Democrats are. And we saw that through all these, you know, hearings and non impeachments or, I don't know, kid glove nonsense throughout the last four years. But yeah, and then they act like the reason that they didn't have more success in the election was because people wouldn't listen to them and be a moderate, and it's. So yeah, frustrating. I mean, it, it's uh, there. Even if you just look, even though it's not the same party, Donald Trump had the doing pull ups on the streetlight energy, you know, right. for better or worse. And people saw that. They're like, thank God. I just need somebody to come in here and start fucking swinging. I don't care right. what if I get hit either mm-hmm. way. I just want to see this shit. The, this, this, you're seeing like as we see these new generation of politicians enter uh, politics as well. It's the same energy. These are street fighters. These are people who are fucking have been, you know, doing hadoukens on the street against the, uh, in an activist capacity. And they understand, like, that's what it takes to, like, get people to move them out of the apathy column and into the engagement column is that you see, like, oh, they're active. I'll be active, too. If they're passive and like, well, I don't know, they'll probably they're just going to make a mess of it themselves. Then that's the that's that's what you're that's the energy you're giving your base too. I mean, like. Well, you know, like, let them tear each other apart and we'll just be passive. Yeah. All right. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. (laughs) 
And we're back. And uh, yeah, so I started thinking about uh, like contemporary Christian art because of The Sopranos. I was watching The Sopranos. Oh, right. The part where Janice is like in the contemporary Christian music scene. And it was just like, it's so, uh, it's just interesting. Like I, I started thinking about like how just consistently bad Christian art has been for like a century. I don't know. It's been a long time and it, it's like, it's an easy like butt of a joke online to like show the pictures or the drawings of like Jesus, like carrying people out of the twin towers on nine 11 or whatever, like sticking his arm in front of a junkie so that like he's taking the her- heroin for the junkie. But like, I actually think it's it's at the core of like one of our biggest national problems, like the whole culture war. Like, I feel like the Protestant, like sort of uh, right wing, the fact that they like don't have culture or like art that we can respect causes mm-hmm. like a resentment because we're dismissive of their art and then they resent uh our art, I think, and resent us and like think that like there's like art. a war on their culture. Yeah, secular right. art. I, I thought you're acting like we have. Hey, check out uh, our daily zeitgeist Christian contemporary artworks <laughs> yeah, hated, no. hated by evangelicals because we have swag. No, just like secular art in general. Like there, I I hadn't really done a ton of research into. Like I grew up around some people. Like when I lived in Kentucky, who were like part of this. Uh, more like Baptist, Protestant, Southern Baptist ethic where you would all, you couldn't listen to secular music. You would just listen to like, uh, there's apparently a chart that they had in like Christian record stores that was like, if you like Dr. Dre, then you'll love DC Talk. No. Uh, <laughs> I need and, that chart. I yeah. need a, uh, <laughs> oh, like a way to transition people off of that secular music. Oh. Yeah. And... Oh. But like, there's also you know, uh, what's the what's that Paul Shear movie thing? How did this get made? Like sometimes covers like these Christian movies and like like they're they're somewhat successful when they come out like on a budget of like a small budget they'll make ten million dollars or something. But they're always just ridiculous and like yeah. fully reviled and like so I I started searching this just to be like what how does like what is the most dominant like probably the most dominant culture in america and you know like christians are they're not the majority but they're probably the plurality of like the population vague white christianity for sure yeah like not getting too into the details like jesus and white okay yeah there's so so many of them in america and like as a rule every piece of art that they make is bad. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, like, yeah, I was doing research, and this is something that they're writing about. Like, I think they're aware of it. Like, in these uh, Christian blogs, like, that's what comes up when you search, like, why is Christian contemporary art so consistently bad? And they're like, yeah, you know, their diagnosis is interesting because the they, I think, get some of it right. They talk about like how um, 
they they got locked into sort of a Weird Al Yankovic occasion of art where they would like take secular art and just do like the religious version of that. Like it's because they've like failed on like the educational front, like just to encourage really like deep critical thinking and everything just goes back to like this very simplistic normative judgment. Like one of the people was saying that they focus on having the answer as opposed to like the mystery of life, which like the mystery and the questions are what drives art as opposed to like just being like, ah, no, it's a simple yes, no answer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you're an artist, Veronica. What do you think? (laughs) What is it about it? I had I did just Google uh, Christian art and yeah it's not good. It all it's all so like it it it's so it's like it's all evolving off of the same tree and no one's branching out you know right. like no one's right. taking a a bit of cubism or being like introducing like a Bauhaus aesthetic into their you know what I mean like because if that's art you're there to express yourself but like it seems like they already limit sort of visually what is possible if you're right. doing They're- Christian art. Yeah, it seems like they're just not encouraged to like think outside the box or try new things, which I feel like to be good at Maybe art, you know. <laughs> boom, that's what it is, right? Like the lack yeah. of challenging your your norms or right. your beliefs yeah. in in the process of making your own art. I mean, that's the other thing mm-hmm. too is how dedicated you are as an artist to your work because there are yeah. plenty of there are plenty of works by non-religious artists that are Christian themed that are really good. Like Yeah, that are about Kehinde Wiley is an amazing painter who regularly has themes of Christianity like intertwined in his works, like whether that's like sort of stained glass pieces or like doing one for one uh, versions of like older paintings that were depictions of Christ and just swapping them out with like African-American people that like they still have power. Like there's a, I don't know, like it's just so funny that they, but people who aren't, you know, specifically Christian artists are still able to evoke things about religion through their art. So why doesn't it, yeah. Why doesn't somebody rip off Kahinde? Where are these, you know, like like people plenty of people rip other artists off. Just start ripping off fucking good art. Like, like that's growing all up artists. as like a movie fan, the best like times I saw a movie address faith was like contact. Oh, <laughs> I love that movie. I love contact. <laughs> but like that's that's a movie by a scientist about like religious faith. It's not mm-hmm. like the you know, Christian churches like doctrine. So like, I'm sure it would be like kicked out of uh, the conversation if like you brought it to, uh, you know, into this Protestant aesthetic. And then like, I remember uh, you can count on me. That movie like has a priest that is like, just allows for the, the mystery of like faith and like religion and isn't just like, yeah, this is the answer. And that was like mind blowing because I, you just never see religion uh, in that context in American art. Uh, But I think that dudes who made that is like a lapsed Catholic. And like that you just, the, the thing that they were saying in this podcast I listened to where it was like all these Protestant like dudes who were like, they they were saying all the things you're saying that like they have set their sights too low, low standards. Uh, they're just like all responding to whatever is put before them and not, you know, uh, they're, they're focused on the message rather than like the aesthetic. But then when they try to explain or like come up with a solution, it becomes like, we are the bearers of God's image. And Genesis says creation is good. And it's just like, they get short circuited by this like normative judgmental thing. And I think like thinking 
going into a piece of a, a work of art thinking that you're going to like pass judgment on something is like not i don't know right. it feels very like uh reductive and like the opposite of creativity i mean isn't like the best art pieces you look at they they are sort of they have this ability to be nebulous and abstract even if the form on the canvas or the image is very specific that the the composition and whatever the colors just bring something out of you that you just are like, huh, you know, like yeah. that's the first step is just to be like, hmm, like this is yeah. interesting. But if it's Creates just a attention. literal, yeah, if there's just a literal in, like representation of this thing of like Jesus holding a baby or whatever, you're like, okay, yeah, what? Sure. Mm-hmm. And there's no, like, there's no ability to begin questioning anything as you look at it, whether not that you have to question the, the existence of Christ or whether they're the, the father, the son of God or whatever, but he could even be to, for yourself of your own. There's just something about it that doesn't allow even for that. Like there's no introspection. I don't know. I feel like good art gets your mind going and it sort of challenges challenges you on some level. And that's my yeah. personal take on like what the art, the kind of art I respond to specifically. It's different for other people. But I think that's a thing that's also missing because the nature of working within a religious framework is to not question anything at all. Like it's all right. the answers are given. So <sighs> then we're kind of like, how can you, how could a Christian artist wrestle with their relationship with Christ in a painting? You know, cause then right. that, that would encourage other Christian people to think of like, am I also wrestling with my relationship, whether that's good or bad, but like, it's yeah. can't introduce anything like that. It has to be like, dude, G- I don't know if you saw that dude, Christ was walking with that guy on the beach full and was carrying him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, that is the, Definitive piece of Christian art of the past, mm-hmm. like yeah, long years, w- long walks on the beach, footsteps. Yeah, like, come on, y'all can do better. But one thing, like tying it back to the current cultural moment, uh, I w- there's this BBC article about this question, and they were talking about that moment. Do you remember when there was like piss Christ? <laughs> that was just a photograph of like a cup of piss with like a crucifix in it. But then there was also a painting. Uh, <laughs> It, these were like big uh, modern art pieces. Uh, there was a painting of the Virgin Mary in that was painted with elephant shit, and the it was like late nineties, early two thousands. And the person who was like the central like criti- critic of like the ability to show these works of art was Rudy Giuliani. Like that's he was like because they were in New York museums. He like took center stage and was like, "This is." unacceptable get the fuck out of here it was like one of the first times when you started seeing like the cultural conversation around him be like wait what the fuck is this guy's deal like right 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 um okay yeah (laughs) but it's like he's he's passing judgment on he's like this is it's just like that normative like thinking you get to say what's good and bad is like the Mm -hmm. it's like Art is deathly allergic to that, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we can't solve all your problems for you, Christian art world. Um, I know, but, but like, I want them to solve our problem for us and start creating art that is good that, like, the whole that will cross over so we can all be like, yeah, no, that's good, man. Like, good for you guys and great. Now, like, you don't have to feel like you have a chip on your shoulder about fucking the sopranos or uh, i don't know if it's that i I mean it's so many things but i think just already when you get caught up in this thing of like i'm the 
like operating within a religious environment just because I went to school like in things like that. Just people, some people are just so already kind of cut off from having any thoughts that would challenge you or you would have growth or an evolution in general. I mean, we are the, the theory of evolution is already taboo to these people. So the idea yeah. that like, I'm just thinking of like how any person operates from when they're trying to create something like artistically, you're it's your moments of inspiration typically are born out of changes in your life or growth or failure or things. And you're using that to be like, Oh wow, I have this energy to express in a certain way. If you're kind of one note, because you're like, it's all good. Christ got my back. The devil is bad. And let's do this year after year. Yeah. Your art is already having a discussion with something like that in your life. I don't see much. I already don't, there's not much change or, you know, evolution. There's no, there's nothing in flux there. It's very constant. Yeah, yeah, and you're also sort of operating off the get-go, like, within a certain set of rules. And, like, art has no rules, baby, you know? Yeah. Right. You have to be willing to reject those right. rules to make it. Like, so I, I was thinking of, like, Catholic example of, like, good art. And, like, the Hold Steady album Separation Sunday is, like, about Catholicism. And it's, like, very, like, thoroughly about religion. Like, or with Judaism, uh, a, a simple man or... Is that a serious man? And like they, these are about religion and they're like also brilliant works of art that like, you know, you can you can be explicitly about the the religion, the questions that arise from that religion without like being, I don't know, so just simple I, and stupid. I want to see lit Christian art too. You know, I want to be mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah, I want to I see-, see lit everything art. Yeah, just yeah. Uh, holler at us, and I don't mean to be like dismissive because I. Think I'm not trying to be dismissive at all. Well, I'm, I'm I'm not saying you are. I, I'm oh, I'm only really speaking for myself because I sort of felt that I'm the way I'm talking about it seems sort of uh, across the board dismissive of someone's beliefs or belief system. But yeah, I would. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is because I've grown up seeing the same five fucking posters or framed works of art in right. Lutheran and Catholic schools and. I was like, damn, this shit is so dry, bro. Like, just get that hot air balloon fucking photo up that says, like, perseverance. Like, that shit right. is hitting harder than this, you know, <laughs> taking a long walk on the beach with this dude. That painting of uh, Jesus that is, like, you know, blue-eyed, uh, light brown-haired Jesus, that's, I, th- I think I read somewhere it's the most reproduced piece of art, like, in the world, in the history of the world. Uh, and it's just, like, some dude, like, painted it in the early 20th century and it just like happened to it's like not any sort of great masters painting it's just like yeah that that'll do um, i mean you i even think of like there are basquiat uh like images of like christ you know what i mean yeah. that are abstract and freaky but they do something to you because at least in that one there's some it it, it'll bring some kind of feeling of like fear or something out of it too, because it's not like smiley, you know, white guy with blue eyes. Like right. it feels a little more all encompassing of what life is rather yeah. than just sort of myopically looking at like this very nice polished quaffed hair guy with the six pack. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but I me. do, I do demand that Jesus stays ripped. Uh, <laughs> cause he, he always has to be hot. I, and, I'm looking you know, for a dad bod Jesus, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that might be step <laughs> one. Would that be too subversive if a Christian was like, I honestly think this is a little bit better for Christ. Jesus with like love handles and <laughs> just a little, yeah, just being a regular dude. Cause yeah. I'm, I mean, I would Quarantine. love to, I would, <laughs> I would watch a documentary about the Genesis, pardon the, sorry for that crossover pun there, but of 
ripped Jesus depictions. Yeah. Like who who began that? And like, I'm sh- was there controversy around that? Did anyone try and do like maybe a little scrawnier Jesus? They're like, yo, bro, the savior would be fucking ripped. Fuck out of here. It'll make him look weak. So Has anyone God. ever done a Jesus with like a really big dong? Because like I feel like there's just always a normal As a size. Joke, you mean? No. Oh, like a like, statue? <laughs> yeah, a statue of Jesus with like a massive. That's true. Dung that was because like the, he's yeah. always like naked, like mostly. But like they yeah. make him ripped. But I feel like this <laughs> that might be the future of Christian art is just like Jesus. <laughs> you could buy the CrossFit Jesus. <laughs> yeah, right. Fat, just a weird floppy dick Jesus. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, all right. And finally, let's talk about um, <laughs> let's talk about Jared and Ivanka. Uh, Gerard. Gerard and Ivanka. Gerard and Ivanka. <laughs> uh, the new Jared Kushner. Gerard oh. Kush, baby. Uh yeah, they're they're fucked on many different levels. Yeah. Uh they have no power in DC. They have debt. Uh Ger- Gerard's probably gonna they're gonna look at some of the shit he did, uh ways that he kind of combined his job in the government with his personal finances. That probably won't yeah. look so good. Ivaka's uh con- consultation fees she was getting that they're like, What yeah. what what is this? What's going on here? Who is this? Yeah. What is this for? Yeah, and now and we now, got. Uh, they, I think they're headed to New Jersey because yeah, nobody, dude, nobody's fucking with them in New York anymore. Like right. they're they've basically. She would have to wear a disguise uh, to like. I think not that she's completely unwelcome there, but her social circle has evaporated in that sense. And like, like you know, most people are, will rightfully treat this family like the pariahs that they are. And so, yes. Because of that, they're like, well, fuck that. What are we going to do? We need to go to our self, our safe space. So they have plans on that Bedminster golf club or golf course, uh, and they are expanding their cottage. And I will use air quotes on cottage because I'll get to the square footage in a second. Uh, they are expanding their cottage on Daddy's golf course. And it, like almost it looks based on some of these plans in this New York Times article, it sounds like they don't really need to leave much if they're there. Mm. So mm. this is from the New York Times report. It says, quote, the new plans before Bedminster Township call for an expanded master bedroom. This is in their existing um, home uh, that's already there. A, a, a bathroom, dressing room, two new bedrooms, a study and a ground floor veranda, making it more comparable to the five million dollar house they rent for fifteen thousand dollars a month in D.C., then they say plans also call for adding five more cottages of 5,000 square feet each to oh, the property. The size of my apartment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and a recreation complex with spa treatments and a general store. So a general they are. store? Yo, they're not. <laughs> they are creating the village for themselves to like escape from, you know, having to be held accountable in public. Will the general store. Carry Ivanka's like fashion line that she used to have. Oh God, no! It's gonna have nice brands. Oh, okay. She even knows that. She's like, come on, <laughs> never do that. She's like, I'm Gucci That's... down to the socks. Oof. The, yeah, I mean, that is what happens. Like that is usually the sign of somebody who is going to go off. Like that's when uh, Michael Jackson like created Neverland. Uh, Elvis created Graceland, like people who Kanye just like create Wyoming. their own. Yeah, Kanye and Wyoming, Disney and Disneyland. Like that's when people really go uh, off the deep end 
and I I'll, I will be interested to see because the general store that really perks my ears up. What does That's, that mean? A supermarket, yeah. a way to like like Mega if on a stuff. whim. She's like, can you can you switch it out so it looks like the Chanel store because I can't go into <laughs> Manhattan anymore, please. Right. But they're not going to sell any of the bad chicken that they're mm-hmm. right. Using. Oh, I guarantee they're not going to. They'll have live-in chefs and like their mm-hmm. own supply chain just inside there. The, Could you, yeah, they become very efficient. They're like, it's actually right. a, a self-sustaining property. <laughs> yeah. We're doing regenerative uh, agriculture. It's really amazing. Um, I don't we know what it off is. The land. Yeah, but I'm them. Yo, those kids, like they're they're you know, they're school age. Like they're getting into like shit talking kid age where yeah. I can only imagine what do you do then? Because I mean, they're gonna have to homeschool. Cause yeah. you know yeah. someone's gonna be like, Hey, what do you oh, is Gerard your dad? Oh my god, yo, this Gerard's kid right here. <laughs> that, it'll be, you know, ugh, I don't yeah. even know. If I was a parent and I'm like, wait, hold on. They're going to the same school. Let me tell you about. Oh no, I don't want to poison the well. They're just kids. No, you got to poison that poison well. <laughs> I think it's. I think it is every American's duty to let their kids know about uh, what this person's parents and grandparents did. Um, yeah, in a I nice mean, way. You know, don't 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 scare the kids, but just yeah. let them know. Like, hey, your parents. Suck. Let them know. Grandpa's yeah. a fucking monster. <laughs> His grandpa brought back firing squads. Just that you should. Yeah, know. yeah, yeah. Just so you know. Um, so, you know, you can treat them however, uh, but be kind. But, you know, firing you, squads, just keep that in mind. You know, how long do you, do you, do you think until Ev- Jared, I'm sorry, Gerard and Ivanka have, like, you know, in their minds, they're probably like, okay, like in two years, it's going to blow over. Like, trust me. Yeah, just yeah. like with mm-hmm. all like the outrage with stuff daddy was doing in office, like we just got to, like, we'll just lay, lay low and we'll come back in. Yeah. Do you think... What do you think? Because I think it is possible because we have a terrible memory here for like actually remembering how fucked up people are and how they behaved mm-hmm. in the past. Do you think what we will somehow be seeing her back to her old like Manhattan self within two years, three years? You think people will allow her back? Harvey I think Weinstein we'll get was at a fucking comedy club. You know what I mean? And granted, yeah. people booed and hissed him out of there, but like. I, it just shows that there's a mixture of like audacity on the on the part of the transgressors and like just a sort of like lack of wanting to confront them on the people who would like host them at a place that yeah. like allows for this slow creep where people are like I don't know so long ago like they're not doing it anymore and like I don't know they they just donated a bunch of money you know I don't know like I yeah. just I feel Buy like it's not I don't yeah I just don't think um, I don't know in my mind I'm like they won't see they won't see social justice. <laughs> Yeah. Of being ousted. Uh, come on, New York. Do us proud. Shun them. Yeah, right. Or I, to my surprise, like they show up, you know, and like fucking march somewhere in Manhattan and people are just like throwing like old dead heads of lettuce at them and shit. Yeah. I bet she ends up on Real Houses of New York City like two seasons in the future. Oh. That would be, yeah. I really hope I, I didn't just I, something. No, you know what? That feels very, very real. Because I mean, they started as reality show mm-hmm. characters. Why wouldn't they? Oh no, go no, forward it's that? their own. It's their own. It's their own show. No. Yeah. Remember we saw. Remember they were trying to make it back in 2016, and it never aired. And there was like that clip of it, and it's so fucking cringy. Where like they tried to make it seem like a reality show, but. Donald Trump can't even pretend to act like a dad to Don Jr. That it just comes off as like him talking to a maintenance worker. And you're like, oh, God. Yeah. I'll try it, though. Uh, Well, Veronica, it's been 
a pleasure having you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for expending the energy while you have Oh my God, COVID-19. this is the, the best way to spend my COVID days. Thank you for having me. <laughs> oh man. Uh, where I wish people... I could smell you guys. Sorry, <laughs> you don't want to. <laughs> you do not. Uh, where on. can people find you and follow yeah. you? Um, you can find me on all platforms at Veronica K all day. Um, I just made a TikTok and it's only videos of my hamster. So I'm just, uh, that's a warning. Wow. How, yeah. how, uh, did your hamster dance lip sync? What, what are we looking at? Uh, here? you know, she does it all. Um, yeah. she does it all. Mostly she just stuffs her cheeks with a lot of food and then, uh, waddles her little stuffed body and then runs oh. away from me. And that's all you need. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is there a tweet or some of the work of social media you've been enjoying? Yes. Um, this is from Camille Corbett. She's a very funny Twitter at The Witty Girl. And I liked this tweet a lot. It says, I've probably spent 45% of the best years of my life watching my own Instagram story. <laughs> and that, that just really, I felt like yeah, a yeah. personal attack from that. <laughs> uh, Miles, where can people find you? What's the tweet you've been enjoying? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Miles of Gray, uh, and also the other podcast, uh, Four Twenty Day Fiance, where we're talking about Ninety Day Fiance and uh, season nine of Married at First Sight because that's on Netflix. So if you've never seen it, we're only a couple episodes deep. Hop in. We're just being like, this is not going to end well. And some people are so booed up uh, magically that you're like, I'm tired of them because they're a functioning couple out the gate. And I'm here for drama and trash. Uh, let's see. A tweet that I like. Uh, this is from Reductress. Uh, at Reductress tweets, this woman went home to her parents for Thanksgiving because she was already living there. <laughs> and I just love that. <laughs> <laughs> the whole vibe. Yes. Shout out yeah, to everybody yeah. who's having a Thanksgiving uh, or had a Thanksgiving. Wait, this yeah. is this is Monday. Let me fucking actually yeah, find Monday. something that's more evergreen. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, this one is from Reductress, and they, <laughs> this tweet is, how to not hate the child actor that looks nothing like the grown-up actor they're supposed to resemble? Because <laughs> uh, I feel like that's happening a lot. I think for I Molly's game, people them. are- That's so good. People have some, people have some energy for- I For think, Molly's game? All right, I think this looks like a photo of juxtaposed of two redheaded people. Is there any flashback scenes? Uh, maybe it's Queen's oh, I mean, Gambit. No, Queen's Gambit. What am I saying? Yeah, Molly's yeah. game. Molly's oh. Well, wow. that is uh That's the movie. poker game. Yeah, it's a poker. <laughs> it's the Queen's Gambit of uh, poker. Oh man, movies I gotta go. By yeah. Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> uh tweet I enjoyed. Uh Nazi at Schnoozle tweeted dead, sneeze so loud because it's the only way they know how to express their emotions. Uh and <laughs> Colin, hello Colin, tweeted a prank show that exclusively and relentlessly targets former Trump administration. Uh, that oh, is the yeah. reality show I need. Oh my uh, Manifest yo. that. I think you can put that money together in Hollywood and just be like, look, this is the deal. I will prank them until I die, but I need yeah. you to pay for some of these things. Like these are going to be elaborate. The lawsuits. That is one that you would have to. Well, if they're like innocent the lawsuits. In. Well, that's what you do is like, you also work with a legal team to like thread the needle of like, what is a prank that doesn't necessarily like they can come at you for damages look this right. isn't for us to do on mic we're going to talk to our lawyers right now about this <laughs> hey but george like, soros cut the check so that they can never trust their reality again like it's almost like becomes a truman show thing where oh. they just always yeah. feel like yeah fair gaming man just take a book out of scientology's page just come yeah. at you like that they can we hire Scientology for four years so yeah. we could just gaslight them for the rest of their lives I'm we'll get board. 
we'll get Mike Rinder and be like, yo, yeah. man, just put me on to all the tactics of Scientology, like harassment, bro, because this, <laughs> this, is, this is fucked up. Because I don't think uh, the leadership in this country is actually going to hold somebody to account. Little light uh, justice. Yeah, yeah. All right. You can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, where we link off the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song we ride out on. Miles, what are we riding into this fine post-Thanksgiving week? You know, it's Cyber Mun. Let's just yeah. keep just keep low vibes. Like I know it's probably a you know wild couple days over the weekend. Um, this is a track called "Meet the Frownies," and it's about the, by this band called Mr. Twin Sister. Uh, I'm not. I've just been getting into their uh, their music, and uh, this the reason I got into it is because this Kendrick Lamar sampled it on the recipe that bonus track so oh, i was like wait okay. what's going on let me, let me see what's going on here the track is actually really cool uh, very laid back very easy to listen to um and yeah i think just good good monday vibes so meet the frownies uh, all right, The Daily Zeitgeist, the production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's going to do it for this Monday morning. We'll be back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we'll talk to you all then. Bye. Bye. Bye.